Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Moms and Some Labels. Two Moms and Some Labels is a platform for parents and caregivers caring for a child with a disability to come together to network, commune, and just share and gain ideas on how to persevere through challenging times. My name is Brittany, and today on this episode, I have two very special guests with me. And I mean, this is an episode that you do not want to miss. Like, you really need to hear this information because what we are about to talk about is so important. I mean, for the longevity of your child, this is something that is going to support them throughout their entire life. So I am going to let my guests take it away and introduce themselves so we can get into this good information. Hey everyone, I'm Scarlett Kibbe and I'm the founder of Special Needs Guidance Group. Um, and this is my partner, Carrie. Carrie, if you wanna intro. Sure, my name is Carrie Hunsucker. I'm the Director of Operations for Special Needs Guidance Group. And I also have a severely disabled daughter. She's nine years old and she's receiving waiver services um, through the state of Florida. So that's how I connected with Scarlett. That is awesome. And um, so before we, you know, dive into special needs guidance group, Carrie, um, can do you feel comfortable sharing, you know, a little bit about your daughter and, you know, her disabilities? Yes, absolutely. Um, like I said, she's nine. Uh, she was diagnosed with an ultra rare syndrome called boring opitz syndrome. It's maybe 250 people worldwide who have this disorder. Um, it affects all areas of development. So she is um, severely delayed. Um, she has severe intellectual disabilities. She's in a wheelchair. She's um, non-mobile, uh, non-verbal, um, but the sweetest little girl ever. <laughs> um, but uh, we struggled to get her um, services because her diagnosis was so rare. So um, we were struggling to find respite and nursing. Our insurance wasn't covering uh, those kind of services for us. And luckily, I found out about the Florida Medicaid waiver program and was able to get in contact with um, some members of the Agency for Persons with Disabilities that runs that program. And they helped me get Hazel onto the MedWaiver waitlist. And then ultimately, we started receiving waiver services when Hazel was very young. I think she was three or four when that first started. Um, so day-to-day -day life with Hazel, she requires total care, so she needs help with all activities of daily living. Um, she needs help transferring from her wheelchair into other seating. She needs help with hygiene. She requires total assistance with feeding. Um, so it's, it's a lot for a caregiver to take on. And um, we uh, currently have private duty nursing in our home who comes in. They come in eight hours a day. To help me so that I can continue to work and you know rest and get things done. Um, and so that's been a huge life changing, life saving thing that happened for us. Um, and uh, we do homeschool Hazel, and um, we've been doing that since she was three years old as well. So it's it's been a, a really interesting and an amazing journey. Wow. Yes. So you know it's always nice to be able to connect with other parents, you know, moms, dads that have, you know, things in common, similar um, things that our children are going through and that we're going through as parents or caregivers 
with our children. Um, and it can be very straining and difficult to, you know, take on this major responsibility, especially when you're trying to continue your career, um, you know, or whatever it is that you may have been on a path to complete um, along your journey. And then, you know, you have a child with a disability and it's, it's just takes over your life um, at times, especially if you don't have care. So you were able to get on the waiver and can you just share a little bit, like if you didn't have the waiver, how it would have impacted you or even <laughs> so with you being on the waiver, how it has helped your family? Right. Um, so we got on the waiver through what is called crisis status. Um, and there are, are three uh, ways that someone could get um, onto crisis status. And mine was that I was not able to do all of the caregiving duties all of the time for Hazel. Um, her dad was in the military, um, the Army National Guard at the time, so he was away. He's also a professional pilot, so he wasn't home very often. And at the time, Hazel's um, medical needs were very high. She has severe sleep apnea, so alarms were going off all night. I wasn't sleeping. My elderly mom was coming over and pushing the silence button at night so I could sleep. And I mean, it was just, it was terrible. I had vertigo. I was, it was the worst, darkest part of my life. Um, and so getting on the waiver changed my life and ultimately I think saved my life. I don't know. I guess I would have had to eventually quit my job. I couldn't have maintained working and then we would have had to pay somehow self-pay for a caregiver, which would be extremely um, unaffordable and expensive, um, at least so I could at least sleep. But I mean, it, it would have drastically impacted my life. I, I wouldn't have been able to work and I would have had very little quality of life. Um, since getting uh, the nursing, I am still able to work remotely part-time. I um, We have had night nursing for a while until her sleep apnea improved and I was able to sleep. And knowing someone was taking care of my daughter and she wasn't in any kind of health trouble. Um, and then um, some of the side benefits of getting the med waiver is that you also get Medicaid with that. That's what pays for our nursing, but that also is a secondary insurance for us. So they pay whatever my primary insurance will cover or, um, you know, say we have terrible primary insurance. So Medicaid picks up the tab for the stuff, the costs that are remaining. So that has been huge financially for us. Um, and then it also covers um, her incontinence supplies. Um, and if I'm missing anything, Scarlett, uh, feel free to chime in. But those are the biggest things I can think of, you know, as well as, as therapies, because our primary insurance only covers 60, like six zero total therapies a year. So she gets therapy four days a week. We would have tapped out extremely quickly and then she would have not had therapy. So that would have been mm -hmm. um, life limiting to her because we would see regression or lack of improvement. And she is seeing little inch stones every month in her physical therapies and other therapies. So that's also huge for us. Um, so yeah, it's been life changing. And so, you know, I can just like piggyback off of you and attest to like, if I was not able to get my daughter on the waiver, I don't even know like where we would be able to be at right now, like mentally and financially, just, you know, as you stated, because, you know, getting caregivers, finding care, is already difficult. Um, 
being able to work, you know, trying to use your FMLA all the time when you're at work. And sometimes I don't even really want to you, you to have that or use it or whatever the case may be. And, uh, the sleep, oh my gosh. Um, just like you, like that was a hard time. I can, it was like years and years where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. You know, like I thought I was um, I mean, there were times where her dad was like, I have to, like, I'm because I can't even deal with, like, she would scream and yell and everything like, all throughout the night, and we didn't have care. So, being able to have the labor program is, has been life-changing, um, and we've been able to get supplies and things food that insurance may not have, um, have food also, and then as far as, like, Prices. So, I mean, I feel like we can talk all day about how to follow a crisis. Um, I'm not sure how you about doing that by I wrote a letter. Um, I wrote a letter to the to APD um, to follow the crisis, you know, explaining our needs and what would happen if we were not able to get, um, you know, the crisis. And I mean, I would literally call them for months and months, like every day, all day and send them letters. I'm like, I want to talk to the supervisor. I mean, it was just months of me calling. Like I was that squeaky wheel. And it's so sad that it took all of that to be able to get care and services that my child you know, really needs to help with her quality of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, eventually I was like, at least six months had went by and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. Like I'm already dealing with this stuff at home, uh, you know, with my daughter and trying to work and what have you. And now I have to call these people every single day and beg and plead and cry and whatever mm-hmm. and hope that they will listen to me. So I was like at a point where I was like, I'm done. I just can't do it anymore. Like I've given so much energy and time to this. Um, so after I like threw in the towel, I have received a letter in the mail and <laughs> it was like, you are, you know, on the crisis, like you're off of the waiting list now. And I was like, I wanted to break down in tears yes. and like cry. Mm-hmm. And at the time yeah. I didn't even really know exactly what that all meant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have you guys here today to kind of explain a little bit about the um, Med Waiver Program and exactly what that means and, you know, what the Special Needs Guidance Group does. So, um, Carrie or Scarlett, um, if one of you want to explain a little (laughs) bit about the Special Needs Guidance Group and what you guys are all about. Um, So, I guess piggybacking off of you guys, I was a support coordinator for 10 years and when i first started i got crisis cases all of the cases that came in were families who had just come on the waiver and seeing the difference it made was just unbelievable because i'd go out to do their first support plan meeting and they're telling me your stories just like that and i'm like oh my God, well, let's get you this service and this service. And it was, I mean, I was like, they loved me. (laughs) 
and it wasn't me it, it you know it was the waiver but then after a few months of them getting the help they needed the difference it made in their lives was just unreal so over the course of the next couple of years then i would meet other families who had never even heard of the waiver and having seen firsthand as a coordinator what it could and did do for families the parents especially um, i have three kids and parenting is the hardest job and mine are all typical typical brats um, but it's the hardest job in the world. So then when you throw in all of this other stuff and then you aren't going to give these parents help, it just, it's wrong. So I started to realize that the waiver was so hidden. It was like this big secret. Um, and then, you know, I, I did support coordination for 10 years and I loved, the hardest thing about leaving it was leaving my families who I'm still in touch with almost all of them. Um, but then I started helping families do the crisis process, apply and get on the wait list, you know, kind of all of that. And, and it just was even, I guess, it, it felt even better than being a support coordinator. So, you know, hearing and seeing firsthand what it does for families is, is really what pushed me to start doing this full time. Um, so that's kind of, and my own uncle is on the waiver in Pennsylvania. Um, and that was a struggle. He had to, he had to get cancer twice, um, in order for us to get him on the waiver, but it's been just a huge lift from, you know, my, it, my mom and my aunt were taking care of everything and my sister who he now lives with. Um, and the waiver was so big for him. And it was a process to get him on as well. So once I started working on the other side of it, it just made me realize that the need was so much greater than, than I had ever realized. Um, so that's how special needs guidance group started. And then I fortunately through doing special needs guidance group got to meet Carrie and um, she was already on the waiver and looking to go on CDC plus when we first met. And so then I was able to kind of help guide her through CDC plus and get them on the program, which um, Carrie can kind of tell you a little bit about CDC plus if you'd like, Carrie. Sure. Uh, yeah. So CDC plus stands for consumer directed care. Um, and it is one program underneath the Florida med waiver. So once you're on the Florida med waiver, this is an option that you have. Um, and it's more like a, it's more flexible for parents to spend and allocate their, um, their waiver budget in the way that makes the most sense for them. Um, the biggest reason I went on it is because you can choose who you hire and you can choose how much you pay them. So if you get X amount of dollars per month and you want to pay your caregiver X amount of dollars, then you just have to figure out how many hours you can afford. Um, so I was able to attract better caregivers or pay the caregivers I had a much better wage than what an agency might give them because agencies, you know, have a lot of overhead costs. They don't pay as well. Um, so that was the most attractive thing to me. Um, and then there are still parts of it that I haven't fully explored yet um, as far as using some of your funds for other means. 
Um, and Scarlett can correct me if I'm wrong, but you can use it for um, different supplements like Hazel's on the ketogenic diet. And we spend a lot of money on various supplements that insurance doesn't cover. Um, so we're looking to get that covered. Um, I am hoping to maybe get uh, some home modifications covered and um, possibly, and Scarlett's going to help me with this, looking at getting some wheelchair accommodations for our van. Not sure what will be covered, but Scarlett's going to help me with that. Um, and then I know other parents who use it for therapies. Um, I think one another family uses it for equine or um, hippotherapy, uh, music therapy, different therapies that your insurance may not cover or um, just may not be covered by, I guess, Medicaid. Um, so it's been, um, it, it takes more work. It's a lot more work on the parent. Um, there's typically, uh, you have to have a representative who is trained and, and kind of manages everything. It doesn't have to be a parent, but typically is one of the parents and that representative, um, manages the budget. You have to create their budget. You have to make sure you don't overspend. You have to balance your budget. Um, mm -hmm. and then and for the opportunity to have so much flexibility, you do get a little bit smaller of a budget than if you were just on regular waiver, but it's worth it because you're able to buy, pick and choose exactly what you want. Um, so I haven't noticed a difference. I've had much better services. I, when I wasn't on CBC plus respite agencies could never find me a, a respite person. Um, and once I found my own person and what could pay her a better wage, she's been with us over a year now and we're all very happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. One of the other things Carrie ha didn't mention is with waiver at the end of the fiscal year, your services start over. So if you're on regular waiver and using an agency, you get an annual budget and July 1, that budget starts over. So if you had 100 hours in respite you hadn't used, it's gone. Use it or lose it. CDC Plus is totally different. Your money rolls into savings. Like if you have a month where you didn't use your respite or you only used half, that funding stays in that account and is considered savings and it rolls into the next fiscal year. Um, now Medicaid does have the option. They can take those funds back. They can recoup it, but they've only done it once in the history of CDC plus. So I have families who have been able to save up six grand, 10 grand, and do major remodels on like widening bathroom stalls. And just, I mean, it is, I, so while I love the waiver, I love CDC plus so much more. It just, like Carrie said, it allows you to hire really high quality staff. Um, you can even pay a, a family member. So like if Carrie, if your mom was able to provide the care, you know, we could put her on Hazel's plan and she could be a paid caregiver. Um, sometimes you have moms who, I mean, you guys are probably both great examples. Your work ability has been severely limited, probably even with waiver, you're still, you know, you, you're on call all the time. Yeah. So if you could be paid a little bit of that when you can't go to work, when you can't do those things and you're home caring for your child, you know, that offsets some of those costs. And I mean, who's going to give the best care? Always the parent. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, in my, in my opinion, CDC plus is just the way to go. It is phenomenal. But like Carrie said, it is a daunting program. 
um, there's a lot of paperwork and the representative, the person who does the paperwork, is not allowed to be paid for their work. Yeah. So that, you know, in single parent households especially, can be very trying because, you know, finding someone, a friend or an elderly parent who is willing to do the paperwork and then has the ability to navigate all of it because you're using multiple systems that's a challenge for a lot of parents. Um, so it's, it's, while it's an amazing program, a lot of parents don't take advantage of it because they, they go on the website and they read the application and they're just overwhelmed. And they're like, no, I can't do this. So I'm, you know, fortunately Carrie saw the need and was decided I'm gonna do this. And I think Brittany, you guys are on CDC also, right? Yeah, we are. And so we've, we've, um, yeah. And we've got to get a lot of things covered through the, through the waiver that, you know, some people might think that you're not able to, but mm -hmm. we have, we have been able to. Can you hear me? Can you? Yes. And so um, that's been really great because at one point, you know, when I was saying like, sleeping and my daughter was having a really hard, hard time sleeping like we tried every sleep medicine on the planet um and so we had turned to like kind of alternative medicine and we were doing like cbd oil and you know things like that um and it's expensive buying those products and so you know i asked for it to be covered through the waiver mm -hmm. and through CDC plus, and it was able to be covered. So, wow. you know, that saved me like $175 every month. And, mm -hmm. you know, instead of me paying directly out of pocket. So again, those yeah. expenses and the, the waiver, it comes in handy for things like that. Um, especially cause you know, Medicaid would definitely not pay for that. Um, no. <laughs> so, so, you know, it really came in handy, um, to be able to have the CDC to cover that, um, expense. And I know that they have, you know, their handbook and guideline of things they cover and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But I always encourage parents or caregivers, whoever's taking care of the child to challenge whatever, you mm -hmm. know, it is, as long as you yeah. provide some type of documentation and reasoning behind why it is like absolutely necessary, um, especially if it's going to help improve the quality of life of your child, then I say go for it. Um, yes. You know, getting a no, it doesn't hurt. That's all that they can say is no, but at least you know that you tried. Um, so that's my motto when I'm applying for things or submitting things uh, to CDC Plus. And that's the, the flexibility and the, the greatness about being able to be um, on the waiver. And um, so you started the waiver, um, you started special needs guidance group because you were a support coordinator and you were helping families. And so now what is special needs guidance group doing? Are you still helping the families that, what, what does special needs guidance group um, do? So we help families who are on basically any, any part of their waiver journey. Okay. So um, we have families we work with who have 
never heard of the waiver, which the, you know, a big part of us doing your podcast and is to just get the word out about what the waiver is. It's, I mean, it's like the best kept secret and it shouldn't be a secret. It's our tax money that's funding it. And it's not an income-based program. It is for everyone and everyone at a minimum who's eligible needs to apply. So the waiting list is 23,000 people long. And a lot of parents just feel like, well, what's the point? But every few years, APD, which stands for Agency for Persons with Disabilities, they manage the waiver. Every few years, they get extra funding and they get that push that, hey, you need to reduce the number of people on the waiting list. And they send out lottery letters. I know firsthand of at least 10 people in the last five years who have gotten just that magic letter that says, hey, we have a spot on the waiver, would you like it? So, I mean, and if you get one of those, go play the real lottery because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were one in 23,000, you should probably go, you know, that, that luck might follow. But if you're not on the waiting list and you have, if you haven't done the application and, and put yourself on the waiting list or your child, you're, you're never going to get on the waiver. And then you guys are prime examples of, you were both in crisis and you both got on through the crisis process, which is in and of itself a process. But if you hadn't been on the waiting list, it would have delayed things by months and months because you would have had to go through the eligibility application process first to even start the crisis process. And Scarlett, will you just uh, review who is eligible for the waitlist? What diagnoses? Yes, yes. And jump in if I miss one. I, I know there are seven, so I shouldn't, but I might blank. Um, so autism, which is the severe forms of autism. Um, and if you check out our website, we have a lot of information on the specifics. Um, autism, intellectual disability with an IQ below 70 and also um, other handicapping conditions that make it hard to live independently. Um, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, spina bifida, and Prader-Willi, I think, are lumped together. Um, <clears throat> Phelan McDermott, that's a biggie because that's the newest, it, they added it five or six, maybe seven years ago, and that's an automatic you go straight on the waiver. So if someone's listening to this and their child has Phelan McDermott and they have not applied, do your application. And if APD says, oh, you're on the waiting list, you need to call them because APD makes mistakes. They miss things. But someone with Phelan McDermott is an auto, like get out of jail free. So that was Phelan McDermott was six. And then the last, Last category is um, high risk, which is for, it's its own little wait list. So it's for someone between ages three and five who hasn't been diagnosed with one of those other disabilities, but is at high risk of being diagnosed. So what they do is you would apply and if your child's between ages three and five, um, you wouldn't list one of those other diagnoses, you'd send in everything and then you would be placed on like a pre-waiting list. So then once your child turned five, APD should reach out to you and say, hey, have you had the further diagnostics done and so that we can place you on the real waiting list? So I think, did I get all the categories, Carrie? 
Okay. Yeah. I didn't miss one. Yay. <laughs> so um, what is the age uh, limit? Like when, when do families qualify or when do kids uh, three. qualify to be on the wait list? Three? It's age three. Yes. Yes. Age three um, is, is when you should start your application and send it in. Um, so then those, those are the people who are eligible. So then you would do the application and get placed on the waiting list. And then, and which we we help families with that. We have a ton of material on the website. Um, we have links to the APD site, so you can do it for free. We have master classes, and then we also offer direct services. Um, but we we're trying very hard to have something for everyone. We want to be able to help everyone. Um, we we have a big goal that might be bigger than it should be, but. We would like to see or to know that we have put the word out to at least that 500 people between now and the end of the year have applied and gotten on the waiting list. Um, it's probably a, a little bigger than we should have gone for, but you know, for the whatever. Stars. Exactly, exactly. So anyone who hears our information and applies and gets on the waiting list no matter how you do it, you do it yourself, you use one of our services, we would love, 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 love to hear from you and know that we are hopefully making a difference. Um, so then once families get on the waiting list, then they can just sit there forever. Um, you, It's not like there's a number or a timeline. It can be a long, long time. So unless they get that lottery letter, or they meet the crisis criteria and then go through the crisis process, then that's the only way they can get on the waiver from there. So we also help families um, do the crisis process. Um, right now, I think we only pretty much do that, like hands-on direct, it's pretty intensive and, and it's, it's a lengthy process. It can take a year or you can be denied and it can take two years or three years, but um, you know, families who are in crisis, if you know you're in crisis, you need to keep pushing. Like you said, Brittany, um, you, you need to be the squeaky wheel for your child. Keep calling and calling and calling. Yeah. Um, eventually they'll get sick of you. So, and they won't kick you off the waiting list. They'll get sick of you and put you on the waiver. Right. Um, and then once you're on the waiver, then you can look at CDC plus and see, I mean, the waiver itself is huge, but CDC plus as we've kind of talked about is the other biggie. And so we also help families who are on the waiver and on CDC plus, we provide as much free content as we possibly can. And, um, <clears throat> and then we have some online um, services and help for families who, you know, just, don't feel like they can quite navigate it on their own. So, yeah. So that's what we do. So if they um, don't go through special needs guidance group and they were doing the application on their own, where do they start with that? So they go to the APD website, which actually, if, if you're on our website, we have links directly to the APD website. So then you can download the application and there should be 
a list of the documents that you need to send with the application as well. Um, it's, it's not quite as easy to navigate. APD is a huge agency, and so the website can be a little confusing, but it's definitely doable for parents. And we always recommend, you know, whatever method you're going to use, you don't have to use us. Just, just do it. So does a doctor have to fill out anything? No, no, no. So with the diagnostic, so basically the family does the application and it's, it's only a couple pages. There's also a HIPAA release that they'll complete and send in as well. And then you'll send in ID documents like birth certificate, social security card. Um, if the child has a school ID, um, depending on the age, guardianship paperwork, parents' IDs, that it's, it's all listed. Um, but then the big stuff is the specific diagnostic material, which is specific to whatever category of disability you're applying under. Um, so that you want to send everything. I mean, everything but the kitchen sink. And that a lot of times is medical diagnostics. Um, sometimes it's um, school, like school psychologists may have diagnosed the intellectual disability or a licensed clinical psychologist may have done the diagnostics for autism. But most of the other categories would be um, basically medical records. And um, so we talked about what makes the families um, eligible, um, you know, what qualifies them and where they go at to be able to find the application and apply. Um, if they go um, to use special needs guidance group as a resource. And I mean, I feel like we have talked about, you know, Carrie, like why it's so important and helpful mm -hmm. for parents to get on the waiver. Um, but I don't know if we missed anything, you know, what, in your opinion, um, Scarlett or Carrie, why do you think that it's important for families to be able to um, access the waiver and, and get on, on the waiting list? I'll, I'll um, yes. chime in there. Another thing that I think is really important um, in a more altruistic sense, first of all, you do it for your family and your own personal needs. But then another reason I think it's so important, I do, uh, I try to do a lot of advocacy. And if our lawmakers don't know the true numbers of how many people in Florida need these services, they're never going to give more funding to mm -hmm. the waiver. And it really only takes you, you know, an hour or two to get things together, maybe a little longer. But even if you you know, do it first of all for your own family. But then second of all, do it because it's helping the greater good of the Florida special needs population and people with disabilities in Florida. You know, I've been trying to get uh, lawmakers to fully fund the waiver for years. I write them letters every year. And it looks bad if they see that there's actually 100,000 people on the wait list instead of 23,000. I mean, 23,000 on the wait list is already uh, not doesn't look very good, but if that number jumps to 100,000 who, you know, I've, I've heard that's an estimate of how many people actually are eligible, that's going to put a little fire under lawmakers. And then that's data. Lawmakers always want data when you're advocating. That's data we can use to fight for our kids and for the population. And it's, it's giving back to the community just by filling out your application and getting on the wait list. You're helping other people and 
potentially your family. Um, Scarlett, do you have anything to add? No, I mean, you, the, you spoke so well for me. That's, I, I think that's been something. So I've been involved with the waiver actually since I moved to Florida 22 years ago. Um, even when I wasn't working within it, I was pretty heavily involved. And the thing that has bothered me more than anything is what a secret it is. It is, it just like, it's so hidden that it, it just, it, it's frustrated me for 22 years. And I hope to see the waiver fully funded in my lifetime, but Carrie's right. The only way for that to happen is for every parent who has a child or an adult child with one of these disabilities to apply and to keep applying. If they don't, it, you know, if you get denied, sometimes APD will deny it because the right paperwork wasn't sent or enough paperwork wasn't sent. But they're not going to say, well, you didn't send us this and this and this. So to those parents and caregivers, I urge you to keep applying, just keep doing it and send more and more information because if they don't know how many people need and are eligible for this service, then Carrie's right. They're never going to give us the funding for our kids, ever. So yeah, Carrie said it perfectly. And so is there a age limit on when you can apply or possibly, you know, be taken off of the waiver? Just as long as you have a no. disability. Although, as yeah, yes. Although I will tell you, so the, the statutes, the 65G statutes do read that the disability, it is a developmental, so it needs to occur before age 18. But the way the statute reads is the symptoms must manifest before age 18. It does not have to be diagnosed before age 18, but you have to show that history that these issues and these symptoms existed before age 18. So to parents who are watching this and maybe haven't, you haven't had the diagnostics done, you're overwhelmed. You, you know, there, you know, your child has one of these or you do get those diagnoses done, get, get that taken care of. Um, your school systems are legally bound to do like if your child has an IEP, they're legally bound to do the testing. So I know everything special needs parents do is a fight, um, but this is a really important fight. It is much easier to get on the waiting list if you have the diagnostic material prior to age 18. It's, I mean, that is just something, and, and insurance also covers most of the diagnostics. It's just pushing. And I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I know you guys have to fight for everything for your kids and you get tired, especially when you don't get sleep. Um, so, so we get it. And, and this isn't a preach at you to that. You're not doing enough or you're it's, it's really, this is really, really important for you and your child now and their future. Like the waiver is a lifelong program. Once you're actually on the waiver, it's it's for the rest of their life, um, which is huge because hopefully our kids are going to outlive us. 
and you know you want to know that they're taken care of yeah, so absolutely. yeah yeah and so, so i i know i've been trying to watch your um you know your episodes and everything on youtube and facebook so can you tell us a little bit about you know like when you publish new um, videos or when we can catch you guys uh, dishing out some information about the waiver um, on your different platforms? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first thing I would encourage you to do is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's free. It comes out on Wednesdays. Uh, we call it the Waiver Wisdom Newsletter. And you can go to our website, which is SNG group.org scroll down to the bottom and there's a link to um, sign up for our newsletter you will get um, all of our YouTube videos will come through that way to remind you that a new one has has popped up um, and so we do we record coffee chats every week and post them to our YouTube channel uh, which is YouTube it's at special needs guidance group and a new coffee chat, we try to keep them around five minutes, um, just discusses a different element of the waiver each week and trying to kind of break through the confusion and mystique with the waiver. Um, so I'd encourage you either to follow us, subscribe on YouTube or um, get our email newsletter, sign up for that from our website. Uh, we also have a Facebook group um, that is a private group um, it's at facebook.com slash group slash medwaiver support. Um, and so in that group, we share um, tips. Parents can ask questions. We answer questions in that group. Parents answer questions in that group. We also share the link to our coffee chat in there if you're a frequent Facebook user. Um, and then if you're new to all of this and it's very overwhelming, if you go to our website, again, sng.group.org and click on the getting started button or link at the top of the page, you'll find um, kind of laid out in steps the progression of what happens in the timeline of getting services. Um, we also have a free assessment on our website that helps parents um, take a quiz, probably takes you about two minutes to determine if you are potentially eligible for the waitlist. Um, it's just a free assessment that we offer that can help parents kind of quickly determine if they meet all of the criteria. Um, so that's at the on our website as well at the very top right hand corner of the screen. Um, I also wanted to do a small plug uh, for listeners of your podcast. Um, if anybody wants a little more handholding with the application, so to get on the waitlist for services, listeners of this podcast um, can use code two moms T W O M O M S, and they can get the MedWaiver application course for twenty four ninety nine. So uh, a nice discount. And um, we just, again, we want you to use whatever method is good for you. If you want to go to the APD's website to apply, their website is apd.myflorida.com. The application is free there. You download it. You can fill it in. Uh, we offer courses online. And then uh, you can visit our website for a lot more information about um, free information on the waiver and then information if you need a little more handholding and you're interested in one-on-one -on -one consulting there's information there as well. Wow. Oh, go ahead, Scarlett. I was, I was just going to say, and I want to tell everyone the website is beautiful and very user-friendly, not because of me. <laughs> it is all Carrie. She <laughs> is able to put everything out there for you guys in, in such a really, really user-friendly format 
that every time I go on the website, it kind of blows my mind. So I just wanted to say I had nothing to do with that. That is all Carrie. I would also love feedback if anyone uses it and doesn't find the information they want. Please tell me because I, you know, I'm a mom. I'm doing this in between, you know, appointments and things. So I would love feedback on it as well. If you can't find the information you're looking for, you still have questions, let me know because that could be another coffee chat. That could be another blog post or we can just give you the information you know, that you need to find. So we're available. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's so much information and it's just so like, it's so nice to know that, you know, there are people that care, people that are going through the same things that, you know, others are going through um, and that you're trying to still help the community of people that, are going through, you know, these situations and to offer these services. I mean, going on the Facebook group, it's free advice. I say it all the time there. This is why I do this because there's so many free resources that so many families are missing out on uh, to provide you guys with the tools that you need to make your life just a little bit easier, you know, uh, uh, down the road. Um, and I mean, I can't, I can't say enough to please go on to sngroup.org and look at their website, get some information, join the Facebook group. I mean, you can ask whatever questions that you have there about the waiver, uh, listen to their chats, their coffee chats. It's so much information. I've been, I'm, I'm on the CDC plus waiver and my child is, and I still like learn things listening to <laughs> what they have to say. You know, we want to think we know it all, but we don't. And there's, you know, so much information out there and it's free. Okay. It's free knowledge. And um, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on here and, kind of breaking again those um those things that people may think are true or false about the waiver um and just kind of breaking it down a little bit explaining a little bit more about what the met waiver is exactly and you know how important it is to get on the the wait list um if you haven't already applied um we need for everyone to just come together and advocate for your children, for our children, for, you know, whatever children down the line that may have disabilities and need the service. Um, you know, like Carrie was saying, the the politicians, the, the um, government there are only going to go by what they see statistically placed out in front of them. And if we don't go out in numbers and you know, use our voices and speak up and apply for these programs that are out here um, that take, you know, no, no money to apply for, then we're going to lose a lot of services. And, you know, I really want for families to be able to have these resources and get a break when they can and have some type of, you know, relief um, along this journey. So, uh, I thank you guys so much for sharing this information. I mean, it's so helpful. And um, remember, go onto their website and use the code two moms T W O M O M S, um, so that you guys can get started on your application if you haven't already. You need to do that now, today, right now. <laughs> so um, thank you guys again, and 
Um, we will see you on the next episode of Two Moms and Some Labels. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.